Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. monster the Japanese call Godzilla has just walked out of Tokyo Bay. We begin the attack on Earth now. We persuaded the thing to help you with what little power it has left. Godzilla now reigns supreme and will, in all probability, continue his march towards Tokyo, destroying everything in his path as they go. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Welcome to episode 79 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is the first episode of April 2013, and we have a very special guest joining us via Skype. This is uh, Jeff Zorno's very special episode. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, fiends of the world! <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm Kyle, and sitting here with me in the Kaiju Cast HQ is Brian Cook. What's up, everybody? And uh, we have a whole ton of stuff to talk about, and Jeff is actually, instead of just going to be joining us for an interview portion of this, he's going to be like co-host from, like a remote co-host, essentially, and and uh, talking with us throughout the entire thing. So uh, what are we going to get started playing here, Jeff, for our very first song? Music. Yes, we're going to play music. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about A Pledge to the Open Sky. Um, well, this comes from the, uh, original anime series from the 70s. Gakko Ninja Tai Gacha Man! Science Ninja Team Gacha Man. Which is essentially, um, the greatest team of superheroes ever invented in the history of superheroes. And anybody that knows me knows that I am, without a doubt, one of the most hardcore Gacha Man lovers on the face of the earth. And Bob Sakuma did an absolute amazing soundtrack for this series, which has, you know, been a major, uh, major thing in Japanese culture for, you know, the past 35 plus years. 
having said that, we're going to just go ahead and kick things off with a pledge to the open sky from Gatchaman. Get 
一つの正義は百万パワー。悪を許すな、ゲッターパンチ。ゲッゲッゲッターゲッターロボ。光が一直線に。ゲッターチェンジぶちかませ。見たか変幻ゲッターロボだ。ゲッゲッゲッターゲッ。三つの心が一つになれば。一つの勇気は百万パワー悪を倒すぞゲッタードリルゲッゲッゲッタゲッタロボ希望が虹を描き、ゲッターフライトどこまでも見たか無敵のゲッターロボだ。ガッガッゲッターガッ。三つの心が一つになれば。一つの理想は百万パワー悪を滅ぼせゲッタービームゲッゲッゲッタゲッタロボ
and we're back. <laughs> Jeff. Now, so uh, what uh, I don't think I said earlier was that this in, the playlist for this entire episode, normally we play some requests, but the playlist for this episode is entirely populated by Mr. Zorno's uh, personal requests here. Tell us, okay, so we started things off with a pledge to the open sky from Gatcha Man, which you're a huge fan <laughs> of, and I got to hear you wax poetic about it at last year's G-Fest, which was awesome. And the next song we heard was Getter Robo, and that was uh, by Isao Sasaki? Yes. And and so you're a big fan of Get a Robo, yes? Dude, yes. Uh, I've been uh, recently reading the original 70s manga um, from uh, August Ragone's blog site where they have almost all of the Go Nagai classic, uh, you know, uh, super robot slash, you know, devil man. Mangas all subtitled, I mean, not subtitled, um, translated. And to download and read for free, I mean, they have a donation, you know, button, which I suggest everybody donate to because it's one of those things, it's a whole, like, library of super classic manga that has never been uh, translated or really brought over here in any major capacity. Right on. All right, so, and the the next song that we played was uh, the main theme from Godzilla vs. Gigan. Now that that movie has some special place in your heart, I'm assuming, my friend. Yes, well, this is one of my favorite Godzilla movies of all time. <laughs> enough said, enough said. And then the last song we played was "Appearance of Big Fire" from Giant Robo, which I have had the pleasure of watching as of late. Oh well, it's about friggin' time, dude. <laughs> what do you think of it? It's good so far. I haven't I haven't been able to make it through the entire <laughs> thing yet because I'm a terrible person. Where are you at in Giant Robo? I think I've I think I've watched the first three episodes. Okay, okay. So you haven't even gotten the hardcore part yet. No, no. So please don't. <laughs> By don't. episode four, it's it's like intensity and tears until you get to episode seven, and then you cross over into Nirvana. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking because oh. literally. Every single person that I have ever had the pleasure of sitting down and making watch the entire Giant Robo miniseries from start to finish. By the time they get to episode six, it's like, oh my god, I thought I knew what cool stuff was until now. And then you get to episode seven, and then at the in the last 20 minutes, everybody, it's always the same. I swear to god, it's always the same. Everybody's crying. And clapping. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm ready for the emotions and the feels, man. Because uh, that's I I learned about it from you. I mean, I knew about it. In fact, it's funny because I actually have a giant Robo diecast figure in my collection that I've had for like ages. But it was a gift, and I never watched the original series. Have you seen oh, it, Brian? No, I've never seen it. Shame. No, no, it's not shame. It's it's a uh, it's influence. It's influence. It helps. It helped me understand who you're talking about. So what I should really do, what you're saying is I should bring Brian over here and Brian should watch the show with me. Yes. Yeah, okay. We should do that. Because the more you can spread the giant robo to the rest of the world, the better things will be. Okay. Because like I said, everybody who ever watches that, that that specific miniseries, even if you didn't like know it from the 70s or 80s in America when they brought over Johnny Stockton and his giant robot, because uh, that's what I knew it from. 
but when you watch that miniseries, it's just uh, it's one of those perfect frigging examples of like you know great storytelling with classic iconic like idioms that just don't ever get tired. Giant robots versus giant monsters, even with giant superheroes, like that is a thing. That although it's not as big in this country as it is in Japan, it's still a, a very specific idiom that will never ever get old, and it will never get tired, and it will never get boring. And I cannot wait for Pacific Rim to come out and show this half of the planet. Yes, <laughs> you have a lizard part of your brain inside of your <laughs> brain that is dying for this type of entertainment. Because giant robots versus giant monsters friggin' rules, and there's literally like a DNA part of you that says, this is awesome. And whenever I see this, my neural responses tell me, this rules. <laughs> this is why I needed to have you on your own episode, dude. <laughs> like, this is like perfect. Yeah. I'm, just like, I'm, I'm very good at breaking it down simply for everybody. Awesome. Okay, so for people who are unfamiliar with Jeff Zorno, let me tell you a little story. Uh, Jeff is a Jeff is a comic book artist, and who also happens to to listen to the Kaiju Cast. And uh, he and I started chatting a couple of years ago about about Godzilla yeah, stuff. Yeah, right when you first started the show. Yeah, and then uh, and then I finally got to hang out with you at G Fest last year, and uh, Jeff Jeff came to the listener party. And which many beers were uh, consumed, uh, along with some sake, and uh, a lot of conversations were had about how awesome Getter Robo was. No, not Getter Robo. Sorry, Giant Robo and Gatchaman. And I, I don't think I know many more people that are as passionate about their their nerdery than Jeff Zorno. Uh, and Jeff Zorno is also a comic book artist who has worked on a number of things, but. It, for Godzilla fans out there, he did some of the alternate covers for the the IDW Godzilla series, and uh, that's my introduction to Jeff Zorno. How so? How have things been going? Things have been very busy. Um, currently, I've been mostly busting my ass on the uh, uh, I uh, the Image series um, sixty eight Jungle Gym, which I've been working on, which is um, Essentially, a continuation of the uh, Image Zombie series that take place during the Vietnam War of 68, except I'm doing a main series based on a side character, which originally just got his own one-shot, which was essentially... Uh, the concept for 68 is a basically it's a tribute to the year 1968, which is when George Romero's Night of the Living Dead came out, and also when the Vietnam War... And, uh, you know, just after the year of love was, you know, messing up the entire culture of this country. So, uh, Jay Photos and Mark Kidwell had the great idea of, like, let's take that most specific aspect of our American culture history, where all of the greatest horror came out of, and let's uh, throw the zombie apocalypse into the Vietnam War. So anyways, right now, I'm working on a mini-series based on that concept called 68 Jungle Gym, which is basically sort of like, you took Rambo, threw him in the Vietnam, or back in the Vietnam War, with a bunch of zombies and gave him a gas mask, 
that's sort of like uh, what I'm doing right now. And it's going to be a four-issue miniseries all coming out through Image. The first issue just came out this past Wednesday. And, um, yeah, I've been mostly busting my ass on that. And you already started on your next Godzilla-ish project? Is that what it is? Yes, yes. So uh, this will be the big the big announcement for the show. Um, now that uh, Godzilla Rulers of the Earth has been now officially announced what, by two weeks ago by this point, um, Matt Frank and Chris Mowry found it in their good hearts to request that I be brought back into the Godzilla IDW-verse. And I am once again drawing uh, variant covers for Godzilla Rulers of the Earth. Now, I cannot promise the Godzilla fans how long I'll be uh, around doing variant covers or how many variant covers I'm going to do. Right. But at this point, I've already got two uh, slated in the can. I have one just about finished that I've been working on since Friday, and I have another one already about to be completely penciled on my desk at this point. Very, very awesome. So yes, I'm back on Godzilla! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, dude. I love uh, I love your covers, well, and I'm glad to hear you. I've been trying to keep it secret for weeks. You know, like some of my closest circle of friends, like even know. <laughs> but it's been like such a friggin' annoyance to like keep it a secret. Because all I want to do is like, you know, when I saw my, like, the people that dig me, it's like, dude, I'm back in Godzilla. I like, people like freak out. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned to uh, people that came up to my table at my Mad Monster Party when Haru and Nakajima was there. I would tell them that I'm back in Godzilla. Although I didn't tell them exactly what I was doing. I just said that uh, I'm back on doing covers. Right on. Well, I cannot wait to see what you've, uh, you've whipped up for the new Godzilla series. Well, so far, the two covers I have going, uh, I'm not going to, I don't know what exactly what I'm allowed to say even about them. I'm just going to oh, yeah, yeah. talk about them. Let's but not, let's I will not say get this, you in trouble. Um, I'm doing covers for issue number two and number three, and because of the scheduling uh, situation, um, I ended up drawing the cover for issue number three before I did number two, only because when they brought me on, the uh, solicitations for issue number two were already like past the point where I would be able to get that kind of finished. So they were like, well, forget number two, let's at least start you on number three so that we have the image to give to the diamond catalog for the solicitations of number three and whatnot. And uh, I can say this much. The uh, Toho Kaiju that I'm depicting on uh, issue number three's cover are both kaiju that have not ever been on a Godzilla cover yet. And then um, issue number two, which I just started drawing today. Um, uh, well, if you know me, it stars my favorite kaiju, uh, villain kaiju in the Godzilla Toho universe of all time. Gotcha. That's awesome. So cool. <laughs> I've been waiting to draw this image for so long. <laughs> very, very awesome, dude. You mentioned Mad Monster Party. I totally want to talk about Mad Monster Party because you got to hang out or at least meet Haru Nakajima, the original actor inside the Godzilla suit. Tell me, yes. dude, tell us about Mad Monster Party because I haven't heard any reports from anybody yet. I saw a couple of pictures from Urn. Okay, well, here 
here's the the deal. Like, um, I do a lot of uh, horror uh, movie or horror genre conventions throughout the convention season, and um, you know, throughout doing this over the years, you get like friends. And they all tell you, you know, which shows they do besides the other stuff you might not know about. My friends from the VHS Preservation Society were already planning to attend the Mad Monster Party convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they offered to let me hitch a ride because they knew I was a Godzilla fan, that I worked on the Godzilla stuff, and we were all friends. And they were like, oh, you probably might want to meet Haru Nagajima. And I was like, Yes! I totally want to meet Haru and Nakajima. And then they got me in contact with uh, Eben, who is the promoter of the show, runs the whole deal, and basically was like, you know, do uh, an exclusive print for the show, and, you know, we'll make it a, you know, promotable thing, and uh, blah, 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 blah. So next thing I knew, um, it was the beginning of the month, and uh, I was with my pals from the VHSPS, and we were driving down to North Carolina, and uh, I got to meet Haru Nakajima on Sunday. So tell us a little bit about that, man. Like, this is the dude who was in the suit, the guy who has been Godzilla for uh, probably the your the favorite most. Godzilla movies. Yeah, he was in the suit from 54 to 72, and he played Godzilla up until Godzilla vs. Gigan. And uh, basically the way they had the situation set up, because he doesn't speak English, and he is an old man. But uh, they have a translator and his daughter there, who both speak English. And uh, they have a nice, like, it's very much almost like um, if you were to go meet Robert England. It's kind of set up like in a system. So you meet one person, and you tell them who you are, and you tell them what your name is and how it's spelled in English. And then you pass on over to Haru and Nakajima. Now, however, he does not write your name down in English. They want to show it to him in English so he knows at least what your name is and then can pronounce it. So then you get to have a little sit-down with him. And basically, I told his translator and his daughters that uh, my name is Jeff Zorro. Uh, I'm a comic book artist. I wanted to be a comic book artist since I was a, like a very young child in the you know like very early single digit age, and I was like basically um, when I first saw Godzilla vs. Gigan and realized that the main character in the movie, the human character, Gengo, was a comic book artist. <laughs> right, right. This was his life in the movie. You know, trying to like shingle money off of making up monster comics, and then eventually teaming up with Godzilla to save the Earth from danger cockroach aliens from <laughs> Nebula Space Hunter M with the coolest freaking villain monster of all time. I was like, dude, this is then when I realized that, like, six years old, that this is what I have to do with my life. And uh, so all of his translators were explaining this to him, <laughs> While I was wearing the Godzilla vs. Gigan t-shirt. Of course, and, of course. Uh, and I was like, then basically explaining, and then after all these years, I did what I could to make my thing, like, become reality, and now I'm a comic artist, and I actually got to team up with Godzilla because I worked for the IDW Godzilla comics. And then I threw down some comics, 
and I showed them the uh, prints that I had done exclusively for the weekend show King Kong vs. Godzilla and the Godzilla vs. Hedorah prints. And then he, he basically saw that and was like, oh. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's dude. when I was like, oh, sweet. Like, he's actually getting it. Like, yeah. And then he was like, okay, awesome. And then they were all like, okay, you know, I, I paid to get a photo with him. So then I come sit down and then he just put his arm around me. It wasn't even like, I'm going to shake your hand. He just put his arm around me. And I was like, sweet. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Ah, I'm so we, jealous. We took the photo, and like I said, I think I even commented in my uh, Facebook. I'm like, it's so rare that you're going to see a photo of me smiling. But here I am with Godzilla smiling my ass off. Was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Dude, that is that is super cool. And again, I talked about this before on the show. I'm really kind of jealous that I didn't get to make it out to that show. Yeah, well, like, that was the thing. Like, when I found out my uh, pals from uh, VHSPS were already going and he was going to be there, they were basically like, dude, you got to come with us. Because, you know, and then I was like, he's really getting up there in age. He's only been here to this country, I think, three times for other conventions. Like, I don't know how many other times he's going to be able to show up. So I was like, you know, I just assumed it was going to be now or never type of thing, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's a good way to go. Dude, if you want, like, help, like, with the show, I'll give you a table. You just, like, do a couple of, like, exclusive prints, and we'll make it all work. And it was awesome. And besides Haru and Nagajima being there, I was also super stoked about the uh, uh, original Jaws Prop Museum that was also at the show. Because Jaws is one of my favorite movies (laughs) of all time. And, That's and awesome. A ton of original props from the original movie on display. And there's like there's photos of me with that Jaws Museum on my Facebook. It's amazing, dude. Sweet. So uh Jeff Dean, my other co-host, is gonna have to live vicariously through Brian here, who is also another uh huge Jaws fan. Huge Jaws fans. Yeah, dude, every Jaws rules. Dude. I know. And... I read that novel when I was ten. <laughs> Sweet. It was the first novel I ever read. Pretty much every episode I've been on with Jeff, uh, we brought up Jaws when the microphones yeah, weren't dude, going. Dude, so. you can't mess with that movie. Dude. I know. It's great. That's why That's why Universal is still too chicken shit to remake it, because they know how much shit they'll be in if it doesn't rule. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, dude. Like, seriously. How many times have you heard about remakes of Dracula, Frankenstein, oh, yeah, no. from the Black Lagoon? They wouldn't you only dare. hear once in a blue moon, like, well, they're thinking about remaking Jaws, but no, really, they're not going to remake Jaws, because yeah. they know if they do, and it sucks, which it will, because all the remakes pretty much friggin' suck, yeah. that they're going to, like, completely shit on the one franchise that they keep making money off of since 1975. Yeah. So it's like, if the goddamn boat ain't broke, <laughs> don't try to fix it. We're still making money off this thing from 1975. No, really. Remake don't have to happen for at least another 30 years. That's true. <laughs> Seriously. How much I of mean, that is usable? The freaking Blu-ray release. <laughs> when that Blu-ray came out, did you not see how f- the sale numbers were on that stupid No. F- oh, my God. I went in day one and they were sold out. Dude. As much as Steven Spielberg will love to 
on that movie because he has such a hard time making it. And yes, the shark didn't work, except actually the shark freaking works. It totally it's looks awesome. Five plus years later, and you're still making millions off it. I agree. I agree completely. <laughs> okay. I just have a few edit points on that. That's good. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your your uh, your love of Godzilla, man. So you, I mean, clearly we talked to and anybody who's listened to the show, uh, you were on for the first live show we did, and then you were on uh, the Godzilla Artists episode where we recorded live at G Fest. What's like? What's your favorite Godzilla like monster? Gigan. Gigan. and uh, the original Mech Godzilla. I've said this several times, but in, in different interviews and whatnot, but if, if nobody has ever heard this story before, um, essentially Godzilla is this is this weird passionate love that I have that I cannot track down the origin to. I remember things like seeing King Kong for the very first time in my life. I was two years old when I first saw King Kong. I, I have a memory that stretches back as far as King Kong. As much as I can't remember friggin' names because of my epilepsy, I have like certain like weird hardcore instances from as far back as two years old that I remember. But anyways, I remember seeing King Kong for the first time when I was two. And I remember thinking to myself watching it, wow! This is like Godzilla, only not nearly as cool. I, I have no idea how I ever got into Godzilla. I just know that for as long as I've ever existed, that has been my favorite thing in the friggin' world. I know that I saw Godzilla versus Gigan slash Godzilla Monster Island in the theater when I was probably anywhere between the age of three and five years old with my mother. That's because crazy. I remember seeing that on the big screen when Godzilla and Angus talk to each other. And I remember jumping up and screaming, I know Godzilla can talk! That's so cool! <laughs> and I also remember seeing uh, the chair of Mechagodzilla in the theater when I was probably at that point maybe five or six. Because I remember seeing on the big screen the scene where the alien gets his face ripped off. And, uh, you know, being just like, wow! That's hardcore awesome! Um... <laughs> But basically, yeah, I really don't know where the origin of my love for Godzilla comes from. It's just like this thing that's been ingrained into, like I said earlier, the lizard part of my brain that doesn't respond to anything but instinct. That is like, you see Godzilla, and that is your love. I, I like the idea that it's a lizard part of your brain. I got that from John Carpenter. Oh, yeah, there you in, go. In a documentary he did where he was explaining the uh, concept behind Halloween. It's like there's just that lizard part of your brain that wants to do horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> that I like. I also like the idea that Godzilla has was like you were born with the love for Godzilla. Like you didn't have to actually know a Godzilla movie. You're like just like oh yeah, that looks like the giant lizard that yeah, spits radioactive dude, fire I, out of his I've mouth. I've tried so hard and so many times to like try to figure out where it came from, but like I said. Uh, I, my memory stretches as far back as uh, early months when I was two. Uh, and the reason I know that is because I had this major medical incident when I was two years old, which was that during a nap 
in the middle of the day. I somehow broke a blood vessel in my nose and woke up basically just covered in blood. And uh, it was like a whole thing where like my parents had rushed me to the hospital and they had to cauterize the inside of my nose and it was all horrific and terrible. But I have a concept of a, that incident happening in a specific point when I was only two years old. And at that point I already knew I loved Godzilla. It's, I don't have very much memory before that point. So I still will never, I will never know as, until the day I die, I will never know how I ever discovered Godzilla, how I ever became to love Godzilla, because that's just a point in my memory that is no longer existent, because I was uh, obviously one. <laughs> Dude, what if you were conceived in the backseat of your parents' like <laughs> station wagon when they went to go see Destroy All Monsters? Not, so, I don't know, unless like my parents were uh, hardcore uh, Polish in Detroit and were conceiving during the Godzilla um driving that's so that what i'm thinking be, that's what i'm thinking that would be actually so rad that i would actually <laughs> i think that would be awesome dude i'm gonna have to go on a limb and assume that that's not what happened oh uh, okay all right well we can we can uh we can choose to move on from that <laughs> so tell me how did you get started in comic books that was the thing i always wanted to do with myself ever since i was a little kid uh, I was always um, pretty much a TV junkie as a very young child in single-digit age. And, uh, you know, when I got into elementary school, I was bored a lot and all that stuff. And I remember specifically when I realized that I could be an artist when I grew up was when I was um, drawing. <laughs> because I was bored with uh, elementary school, this was first grade. I was drawing the Roadrunner and the Coyote when I was supposed to be, I guess, paying attention to math or taking notes or whatever it was. And my first grade teacher came by my desk and saw that I was, like, totally not paying attention to her, but drawing the Roadrunner and the Coyote and the margins in my notebook instead. And she was like, oh, actually, you know, Basically, she started to scold me. I was like, Jeff, you shouldn't be drawing. You should be paying attention to me. But then she looked at it closer. It was like, that's actually kind of good. You want to be an artist when you grow up. And that's when it clicked in my brain that I was like, oh, you can do that? <laughs> like like a fireman or a policeman? I can draw the roadrunner and coyote instead? Yeah, dude. Yes! Yes, totally. yes, that is totally what I am going to be when I grow up. And that is exactly what was my answer to her. And she said, okay, well, that's good. Although then, because she said that, then I didn't understand when I should be drawing and when I should not be drawing and be paying attention to school and stuff. And then it became a cluster in my mind ever until after I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, what artists or what books did you uh, gravitate towards when you were a little kid? When I was a little kid, actually, I I was not into comic books when I was a little kid. I was only into really like comic strips, like Peanuts was my main thing, and um, Garfield, I guess, at an early age. But more than that, I was really into like the Saturday morning cartoon stuff, like Scooby Doo was and will always be like the reason I am uh, a horror artist. 
And uh, if you did not grow up in the late 70s and did not realize the epicness that there was only a reason to have Saturday morning cartoons so you could watch a whole bunch of Scooby-Doo is uh, essentially how I, you know, came the horror guy <laughs> that I have today. Nice. Dude, Scooby-Doo, not only just Scooby-Doo, but it was also the 70s live-action TV show of uh, Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. I had no idea there was a live-action Hardy Boys, <laughs> Nancy Drew. Right. Like, she didn't have a, a talking dog, but she was so almost as hot as Daphne that I watched it for pretty much that reason. Wow. And the Hardy Boys also got, and Nancy Drew also got me like into reading mystery weird stuff when I was like in the early age. Also, uh, I remember like around that same time just randomly spotting a, a, a cryptozoological book in the library in my elementary school and being like, what, monsters are real? That means Godzilla <laughs> could be real? Oh my god! Cryptozoological monsters and UFOs are like the greatest things that could have ever happened to my reality. Dude, that's uh, that's an amazing origin story, dude. <laughs> I had no idea there was a live action Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. My mom was always trying to get me to read the books. You're like older than me. How do you not know this? Am I older than you? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. uh, maybe I was just way too sheltered. Although it seems like the Hardy oh Boys God, was something. Was that... like, dude, that was like the only popular thing in like prime time besides Happy Days. In the late seventies and early eighties, dude, it was, and then the Duke Boys and the Incredible Hulk. It was all about Nancy Drew and freaking Hardy Boys. Are you kidding me? You didn't know that show? No, dude, I I did not know that show. So you're clearly a big G uh, a big G Fest attendee. How long have you been going to G Fest? Uh, the past two years, I guess. Ever since I uh. Got connected with the Godzilla comics. Uh, I basically, uh, you know, I, I've been involved with uh, G Fan Magazine, um, not since its initial development, but shortly thereafter. Um, I uh, signed up. My very first published artwork was in like issue 15 of G Fan, which was probably only the fifth official. Issue of G Fan because before then it was G Force, and anyways, um, after that, uh, JD Lee's was trying to experiment with doing a uh, giant monster manga anthology called Manga, uh, spelled with an a, uh, O instead of an A, uh, for the giant monster you know, manga anthology. And so I did a bunch of stuff for that, and I did other stuff for G Fan. And then uh, basically just went off to the art school and disappeared for a while until I tried to get back into comic books professionally. And then when I got into you know, doing official covers for the Godzilla comic, one of the very first people I emailed that day was uh, J.D. Lees, who I probably hadn't spoken to since um, the 50th issue of G-Fan came out, which was almost 10 years previous. And I said, hey, you know, it's been a long time since we talked, but I'm now on the official Godzilla Calyx, and I want to go to G-Fest. And uh, he was just like, show up. 
So I've been doing it ever since, and because it's been it's been one of the best shows that I do all year long. Oh, that's awesome! That's really cool. Uh, I know I was happy to see you you there sitting next to Mr. Matt Frank, and yes. uh, it was all it was a great great time last year. I'm looking forward to another amazing show this year, and uh, hopefully getting to toss down a couple of beers with you, my friend. Indeed. Are you working on anything specific for the show? Yes. Um, well, it's already been announced uh, a couple weeks ago. Matt Frank and I are going to uh, collaborate on a specific print for G Fest when they are going to be showing the um, the footage that they showed at the very last minute last year of Godzilla versus the legendary uh, giant monster werewolf, however, whatever it's called. Man, I cannot um, believe Godzilla I missed versus that. The, the giant werewolf movie. Yeah. Uh, basically, Matt Frank and I are going to be doing a print for that for the director to sign for everybody. And uh, on top of that, I've been trying to come up with like, a really cool, like, exclusive print for GFS this year. And I'm thinking of doing, like, Godzilla versus Spider Man Nepardon. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to see it. Spider Man Godzilla would be so cool. <laughs> it would definitely be so cool, man. It would it would be really awesome. Um are are you uh are you working on anything else uh giant monster related or let's just say and I'll I'll because I know the answer already, dinosaur related? Yes. Um because uh it's ironic that IDW just recently mentioned that they're doing a comic book series for um the Topps card series, Dinosaurs Attack. I am also in conjunction doing a Dinosaurs Attack t-shirt with Fright Rags um, right now, which is just you know, in the very beginning stages of development. Now, you work with Fright Rags quite a bit, right? Yes, they're one of my main uh, gigs as far as you know, uh, jobs go. Because if, uh, if the listeners out there are not aware, Jeff is a huge... Uh, uh, not only a Godzilla artist, but he's also a huge horror artist as well. And Fright Rags is a, releases a lot of T-shirts with his artwork on it. Yes, and in fact, one of my most famous Fright Rags shirts, the Zombie vs. Shark T-shirt, will be uh, featured as a prop in the upcoming comedy movie, This is the End, which is uh, an upcoming comedy movie about the end of the world. Yeah, I... And- for some reason, just started seeing that all over like my Facebook feed. Yeah, main characters in the movie wears my zombie version shark t-shirt through the whole movie, which is kind of awesome. Sweet. It means I have now, uh, without uh, even trying, have slipped into the American pop culture ether. <laughs> Dude, long distance high five. Exactly. Black. <laughs> so that t-shirt your dinosaurs attack t-shirt uh when can people see that i don't know actually okay uh, i just started it recently um ben from front Rags, i think just signed uh the contract with the uh, tops like one or two weeks ago it was during the time that i was just about to go out to a uh, mad monster party and i was gone for almost an entire week for that so, like, uh, my time schedule is still trying to get inside. Gotcha, gotcha. So, speaking of your time schedule, like, where can people see you this year? 
if they wanted to come out and see, you know, see your work or see where right. you're sitting? Uh, dude, apparently I'm going to be showing up at either a convention or a metal festival between now and October. <laughs> and the very next one I'm going to be at is uh, the uh, Motor City Nightmares Convention in uh, Detroit, right in Novi, which is just like a 15-minute drive from my parents' house. So I'm going to be spending the end of this April at the Motor City Nightmares Convention and also celebrating my birthday there in my hometown of Michigan for the first time in probably 20 plus years. <laughs> nice. That's at the end of April? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, April 26th to April 28th is the convention. My birthday is on the 26th. And uh, if any of you all uh, who are listening to this know me from Michigan, um, you're all welcome to show up to the party wherever it's going to be at. I don't even plan yet because i um, been busy. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll have a link in the show notes to that convention's website, just you know, in case anybody needs to go, just to go go hang out with Jeff. And then if pe- if people want to buy your original comic book art, except for the cover to issue five of Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters, which I'm I need to save up my money for. Uh, where can they find that? <laughs> uh, most of my original artwork is uh, always available at Cadence. Uh, comicart.com, which is C-A-D-E-N-C-E Cadence uh, comicart.com um, They sell a bunch of, uh, you know, a whole bunch of uh, work from all sorts of mainstream comic artists, but I'm also thrown in there as well. And they have a bunch of my original Godzilla covers. And all of the current pages for 68 Jungle Gym and the most, uh, uh, not the most recent, but the, uh, the previous uh, 68 uh, book I did, uh, Hardship, as well as other, you know, stuff I've done for Fright Rags and the Halloween comic book series and whatnot. Go to cadencecomicbookart.com and you can buy any of my original work. And I also have an Etsy site where I just sell prints and, um, Trying to be very careful about that. Like, I, I don't want to sell like you know trademark stuff, but um, right. And get my camera print on there. <laughs> oh, dude, I I have uh, Brian's seen it because he he's here in the studio. But mm-hmm. like, I have I have Jeff's artwork all around the studio. I've got your camera, War of the Monsters print, your uh, Ghidra versus Godzilla print from issue five. Um, I'm pretty sure there's another one over there too. Just. I'm a big fan of your work, man. Big fan of, of your artwork. Uh, well, I think uh, we've been going on for quite a bit right now. I think it's probably time for us to move into some news items. What do you guys say? Sounds good. I love yeah. Ricardo's voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just have to wait for my thing to load. This is Eric Carter with the news. We can do it. Yeah. This is Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to learn that's... I don't know. (laughs) United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So the funny thing is, normally I say... Well, we don't have a lot of news to cover this episode, but this time we actually do have quite a bit of news to cover. 
so we're just going to kind of bang through these pretty quickly. Um, if anybody is a fan of the 1984 through 1985 Godzilla series, you'll know that the special effects director is uh, Koichi Kawakita. And Kawakita recently attended a gunhead event in Akihabara in Japan, where they, I think they basically just talked about like the awesomeness of gunhead. Uh, the movie, which is not a Godzilla film, not a kaiju film, but I guess it's technically a mech film. Um, I've never seen it, but I need to probably mm-hmm. check that out at some point. Yeah, it's another special effects movie from the Heisei era. So, very mech heavy. Have you seen it? Um, back in the day, I did see it, yeah. Long, long yeah, time ago? Long time ago. Um, had great special effects, great, uh, like, mech design on the ships and the robots and stuff. Isn't the pilot from uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla in that film? I'm pretty sure he is. The, uh, it's been lost to time. All right, all right. <laughs> For me, it's been a long time since I've seen that. So Anyway, that's on SciFiJapan.com, so we'll have a link in the show notes to that. Uh, several other SciFiJapan.com uh, news bits here. X Plus, the, com- the company that I've recently been giving a ton of my money to, uh, they have some brand new announcements for some, uh, from figures that they'll be releasing. And, um, as a collector, I'm not really super into all of these, but, uh, they've got the Godzilla Final Wars version coming out. That's going to look pretty amazing. Uh, I honestly am very excited to see how that sort of turns out. Um, cause, you know, I've been buying X plus figures for the past year or so. Uh, they've also got, the 1995 Gamera figure coming out, another gorgeous sculpt, and uh, a number of ultra monsters. I'm going to see if I can get them all, all, uh, all red here. We've got Ultraman Ace, uh, King Mai Mai, Ultraman Dinah, Bird On, who looks unbelievably weird, and, and I've never seen him before. But <laughs> I don't know what Bird On is from. Is, is, have you seen Bird On? How about no, you, Jeff? Jeff, you know a lot of Ultraman stuff. Yes, Burnham is from Ultraman Taro, dude. You've never seen him before, dude? He's a classic f***ing <laughs> ultra kind. Okay. <laughs> one hour and one minute. He's a <laughs> turkey monster. <laughs> yes, he is a weird turkey monster. And they've also got uh, Zeton is also going to be in that lineup. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of Ultraman <laughs> stuff, there's also a new Ultra Act figure coming, which is uh, Ultraman Nexus. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of those guys yet, but I really want to get a few of them. You realize this is Super Ryan's 50th anniversary year, right? I do realize that, Jeff. <laughs> That's why all this crap is coming out. You mean all this awesome stuff? Well, I mean, yeah, awesome stuff. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm just messing around. <laughs> I'm just messing around. I'm not complaining. This is, this is like... This and uh, the upcoming legendary Godzilla movie is why, like, I'm stoked to see all of the Japanese product that is going to show up on, you know, our shores in the next two years. Oh, I'm I'm in, man, for sure. I'm in. I'm sure that over the next like three years, I'm probably going to shell out more money for Godzilla stuff than I've ever done in my life. Exactly, dude. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, there's a brand new uh. There's a brand new Godzilla, not Godzilla convention. I guess it wouldn't be convention or a film festival. It's a giant monsters film festival that's going to be uh, showing at the Alamo Draft House later this month. Uh, yeah, later this month. I think it was the Alamo Draft House in Houston that was doing it. So. Oh, I don't know how many, how many Alamos there are, but uh, 
apparently i'll have a link in the show notes to that particular item and um just as a keep your eyes peeled for this kind of thing um i'm actually starting to organize my thoughts for a film festival locally about uh awesome giant monster movies and so forth uh and then uh so we'll have a link in the show notes to the alamo draft house giant monster movie fest link Legendary Pictures news. A new cast member has been revealed. An actress named Sally Hawkins is uh, is now on the roster, as it were. And I looked through her movies, and I have not seen a single one. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, Gareth Edwards is kind of going through, essentially like, you know, like just sort of not. I don't want to say be great actors that's not what i mean but just like lesser known people true and well uh julia benouche and uh brian cranston are pretty well known and established actors so well brian cranston i knew i also knew of aaron aaron johnson as well and you know this is like lesser lesser information but uh guillermo del toro recently said in an interview that um while he doesn't have any creative control over godzilla uh, because Legendary Pictures is doing Pacific Rim and doing Godzilla, he he officially not officially, I guess, but he he said in passing, I would love to have some sort of crossover between Pacific Rim and Godzilla. So of course well, there are some articles about that online. I think he officially would love the idea. That's officially sure. he probably would. Boy, I'm I hope... sure officially he would love the money that would come to him from that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. officially that would suck. I think officially it would never happen. I don't think Toho would ever allow that to happen. Because officially it would suck. It could. You don't know that though, man. That yes, you said you're looking forward to Pacific Rim. Yes, I am, but I'm not looking forward to Pacific Rim like crossing over with Godzilla. Mm. Dude. No, I'm not looking forward but to I'm that. I'm going to say that you really want to see Gamera and Godzilla crossover. No, Dude, I actually don't really want to see that. I really Ever. Yeah, in They're fact, so I'm not good by themselves. That should never happen. Yeah, in fact, I actually am not hoping for a uh, legendary pictures sequel for Godzilla or Pacific Rim. Although, if it were to happen, I wouldn't complain. You know, if, if the I original movie Pacific are good. Rim franchise, but I would be very hard pressed to be excited for a Godzilla or a legendary uh, franchise. Yeah. All right, so in the last item of news is uh, David Goyer recently talked a little bit about his work on the Godzilla script. And uh, I think I said this before, and, and like a long time ago, and he's essentially confirmed it. Like, he didn't really work that much on the script. Basically, right. they gave it to him to do some punch-up work, and he did a little bit of work on it. And So David Goyer, who worked on, uh, I think he worked on Superman Returns, and I know he worked on the Batman series from Legendary. Yes, yeah. Uh, officially doesn't have that much to say about the <laughs> the Godzilla movie that's coming out. It's sort of read almost like, well, I kind of I read it and then I yeah. passed it along. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very impressive. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, I know it's weird because a lot of people were actually kind of hesitant to to be excited or or disappointed in Goyer's involvement in the script in in any way. So I'm I'm fine with it either way, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Brian's hitting his microphone. It's all good. I lost control. Uh, it, it got me back on track, though. <laughs> that was the last item in our news, and I think we're basically just going to move on to, to events. Uh, coming up this weekend 
in Burbank, California, is Monster Palooza at the, uh, I believe, the Marriott in Burbank. And I am really, 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 really looking forward to this show. Uh, they're going to have Ben Fiyura, Susumo Kurobe, and Hiroko Sakurai all there as guests, not to mention a ton of other people. It's going to be an amazing show. And I really hope that I bring back uh, some awesome at least some awesome video, if not some awesome interviews from from the show. Um, I'm that's uh, the 12th through the 14th of April, and then the next month, uh, sorry, same month, at the end of this month, at the from the 26th and 27th, I believe it's Stumptown Comics Fest here in Portland, and I'm going to be working with the people uh, from Stumptown Comics to to do their it's a radio Stumptown where we're going to be broadcasting the entire time from the start of the show to the close of the show we're going to have special guests on and i'm not exactly sure when my uh when my block of time is but if you're interested in independent comic books you should definitely check it out Stumptown comics fest uh and i'll have a link in the show show notes to all of these and the end of may memorial day weekend we have crypticon happening in seattle and uh, that is a fantastic show that I am very much looking forward to where uh, we'll be doing two panels. I think I'm going to be recording this one. It's about, uh, it's basically got some people talking about Godzilla on it. Big shock, right? right yeah. Super surprise. Um, that is uh, Memorial Day weekend in Seattle. Uh, the next event to talk about is Godzilla Night 2 in June 22nd in the Bay Area where they'll be showing Godzilla vs. King Ghidra and Godzilla vs. Mothra on the big screen at the historic Bell Theater. And that's part of the Bay Area Film Events crew uh, putting that on. And, I, dude, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. I think I accidentally leaked the information that um, Robert Scott Field was going to be Skyping in for that because I, I mentioned that in the last episode. And then uh, a couple of days later, Bob posted it on the Facebook page, and I was like, oh, dude, I hope I didn't blow that <laughs> information. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but you know, that's why you have to tag stuff as please don't share this before, right. before you share it with somebody who talks on a microphone for their hobby. Uh, and anyway, the <laughs> next, uh, the next thing is, is, is G Fest, which Jeff Zorno will be there. I will be there. And, uh, a ton of other people will converge on Chicago, Illinois for the 20th G Fest, July 12th through the 14th. And then the following week, of course, San Diego Comic-Con. I'm going to be down there. I've already bought my ticket, uh, my plane ticket down there. And I believe I'm going to be part of the IDW crew that weekend. Sweet. Should be a lot of fun. And I'm already voicing concerns that I'm going to get into Hall H to see the Godzilla coverage. Nice. Not really looking forward to the the idea of camping out overnight to to get to that. (laughs) Jeff, have you ever been to San Diego? (laughs) Yeah, back in. Either 98, 99, or it was 97 or 98, something like that. So before, like, mainstream media had gotten their claws on it. No, it was when that was already taking over. Oh, really? Really? Interesting. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, those are the big events. The cool story that came out of that was the very first year. It was basically me and a bunch of friends from the School of Visual Arts. Um, One of my buddies... Who's comic artist Tony Donnelly? His parents lived in uh, Las Vegas, so that was only like a three-hour drive from San Diego. So he was like, "Dude, y'all should like just come hang out at my place, you know, 
and we'll drive down to San Diego for the weekend and then hang out in Vegas for a couple more days. So the first day we get to San Diego, we're in a hotel. We're standing, we're on the second floor of this like, just like cheapy motel place. And then just below us, the car pulls up and this like essentially Spanish guy with a crazy long gray curly mustache comes out of the car and we all look at him and we're like, oh my God, that's Sergio Aragones, isn't it? <laughs> and then we're all like, because we're all drinking, we weren't exactly sure. So I just suddenly yelled out, hey, Sergio! <laughs> and lo and behold, Sergio Aragones looks up and is like, hey! <laughs> and then we just didn't know what to do, so I held up my beer and just said, you want a beer? And he was like, yes, yes, yes. Let me just get my luggage into my hotel room. I'll be there in a minute. So then Sergio Argonis came up like a few minutes later and joined us for a beer. We were like, oh, my God, this is going to be the coolest weekend That's awesome. Dude, that is so cool. I, I, on record, I will go on record as saying, like, Sergio Argonis is one of the nicest guys I've ever met in comic books. Yeah, yeah, he rules, dude. He tells all sorts of funny, mad, and, like, easy stories. That is amazing. Uh, so, uh, those were, those are our events that, that are going on. And, uh, I just have to bring up a couple of housekeeping items. I say a couple. It's more like, you know, several. It's more like a dozen. Uh, uh, if you want to turn in your homework for Varan, Daikaiju Varan, we're not going to be watching Varan the Unbelievable. Uh, that is due by April 23rd. If you want to be included in the next episode, uh, there's a contact form on the KaijuCast website. Go ahead and send it through there. Select the form element that says, as the form drop down menu that says Daikaiju discussions. And then tomorrow, because today is Sunday, tomorrow actually kicks off another episode of Monster Music Mondays where I stream kaiju related tunes, audio clips, and trailers from the KaijuCast HQ. It all starts when I wake up and I kill the stream when I go to bed or if I forget. When I go to bed, I kill the stream in the morning. <laughs> and uh, uh, check the check the website kaijucast.com or the Facebook page for that. Uh, please don't forget that we do have our commentaries available. Where the Gargantuas was posted in March, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm not sure what the next one is going to be, but we are kicking around a few titles, and I'll be announcing that as soon as I know what it is. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr, please follow us on those social media platforms. The links to those specific websites can all be found on the right-hand side of the website, kaijucast.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, check out our supplemental videos that are on YouTube and our Vimeo channels. Um, and if we're talking about subscribing to things, please actually subscribe to the website itself through iTunes or the, the uh, podcatcher of your choice. If you don't have a podcatcher of your choice or a, a service that automatically puts the KaijuCast onto your mobile or, hell, even stationary device, we're available on Stitcher. So check out stitcher.com. Uh, or, again, like everything else, click uh, go to the KaijuCast.com. You can see all of this stuff there. Uh, I got a good idea. Let's hit, hit the kill switch on this episode. I've had a really good time talking to you, Jeff, uh, and yes. Brian, of course. Thank yep. you so much for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we're gonna go out on on one more song of you of your choosing here, one more item off the Jeff Zorno playlist. Why are we closing on something from Atragon? Because uh, that has a lot to do with the uh, current Godzilla cover I'm drawing. Oh, oh. am I gonna have to? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Well, hopefully that's all good to say, and we will see you next month uh, or later this month for the Daikaiju discussion episode of Daikaiju Varan. Uh, I am Kyle. I am Brian. And Jeff Zorno has been joining us from his home in New York, thanks to the internet. Zorno must be destroyed. <laughs> and we'll see you on the next episode. Jamata. Ja,